Football season is finally upon us. The Ducks and Beavers and my Portland State Vikings get going this weekend, and we're going to talk about it at length on the Sports by Northwest podcast. I am Aaron Trenches of the Oregonian, and joined as always by Brenna Green of Coin Six. And the Sports by Northwest podcast is supported by the BitNile.com Grand Prix of Portland coming September 123 to Portland International Raceway. You'll be covering that, won't you, Brenna? I'm not sure if I will be just because of football and everything. I'm not I'm not sure about what my what my plans are right now. In fact, well, yeah, what it's Thursday, August thirty first. I'm I'm I unfortunately this is bad timing with high school football and college football and oh, all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about the high school kids. Yeah. As a matter of fact, my son, as we're recording that this my son is on his way to Sandy later today. Sunset's playing at Sandy. Nice. Anyway, so football's here. My favorite time of year, I'm not going to lie. I've been a football junkie since my parents claimed since I was like two, three. I'd plant myself in front of the TV and just watch football. They, they could just sit me there. They had something to do. They could just plop me in front of the TV. And I would, they said, uh, literally like a toddler would just sit there just trying to fix on football. And I've been that way pretty much my entire life. So I'm excited that it's on its way. i got some fantasy football drafts coming up uh, and ready to roll. How about you? Yeah, I mean – my pretty much love of sports was founded at Autzen Stadium. So <laughs> we have a we have a, a similar a similar story. Yeah. I mean, you know, my dad got season tickets when I was little and I was uh raised in the Joey Harrington era and then after that it was it was over. It was done. So yeah, pretty uh pretty, pretty excited to have it here. I'm so excited to just yeah finally be at a game on saturday so excited to finally be at a game so yeah speaking of saturday we got uh so we got ducks Portland state and then when does mm-hmm. oregon state play they, they don't play saturday do they they play on sunday they play they on play sunday, on sunday on coin there you go on new station against san jose state i mean look i jokingly on talking ducks which airs Thursday and through the weekend on I saw, sports. I, I saw a little you online. Did you see Newman giving me the business? I did. Call me a call me a punter. Whatever, yeah. Newman. Anyway, I jokingly picked Portland State to win the game, 27-16. You know, I'm, I'm rolling with my crew being a homer. Since everyone else on that show is a homer, I'm gonna be a Portland State homer. But you know, we know we know the ducks are gonna roll. It's a paycheck game for the Vikings, so you know, not much to say about that. Same, same with Oregon State. They should, you know, if yeah. they're supposed to be what they're supposed to be, they should, they should roll San Jose State, which just got, you know, crushed by uh, USC. So, is there anything about these two games before we, before we get into the, you know, examining the season and making predictions and things like that? Is there anything about these two games that you're mildly interested in seeing? Um, I'm mildly interested in seeing Portland State's quarterback Shawshray. He's he's fun. He's real fun. Um, I'm I'm interested to see if he. Uh, that they're they're saying that he added a significant amount of weight in this offseason and that he was hurt pretty much all of last year. So and he had a phenomenal season last year. I mean, was just it was pretty much the team's offense last year between um rushing and, and throwing. Uh so uh I'm I'm excited to kind of see how he does, see if he has any any sort of success. But you know, Bruce Barnum said at Big Sky Media Day. Yes, we want to win the game, but our main, but like we really just want to come out of that game healthy. 
Exactly. Because <laughs> he was talking about how last year some of those games, he those those paid games, they did not come out very healthy, and that was a real detriment to them the rest of their season. And yeah, that's that's rough. That's always a danger. But you know, they they upset Washington State what three or four years ago? Four years ago? Five no, years ago? that was a while remember. ago. I More was five not covering Wazoo when they upset when they upset Wazoo. Let's put it that way. Um. They got kind of close a few years back, but it, it was probably like eight years ago now. Was it eight? Something like that. 2015, 24-17. Damn. That was eight years ago? Look I'm at, like, that was a couple years ago. Look at yeah, my A couple recall. dozen years ago. Good Lord. I didn't realize that was that long ago. Barnum's been there forever. Mike Leach and Big Sky football teams. Not a good relationship. Because <laughs> <laughs> a few years wow. later was when they got beat by Eastern Washington. Cooper Cup took it to him. Just demolished him. Was that was that with Vernon? No. I think uh, I think Gage Gubrud was there at the time. McMinnville's Cooper Cup finest. lit up Oregon. Were you there for that? What? 2000, 2015 when Cooper Cup just destroyed Oregon. Yeah, I mean. Set the tone for the entire season that Oregon secondary was bad. <laughs> and it was bad the entire year after that. Cooper Cup demolished their confidence in one game. Just destroyed. 200 something yards, a few tests. It was crazy. I was like, who is this Cooper Cup kid and why is he not at Oregon? <laughs> I I was I was actually um working for Eastern's athletic department his freshman year mm. at at Eastern. And I remember even then being like, Who's this kid? What's going on? Like, even then he was that good. So He was that good. Yeah. We're loved. That's just that's just what he is. Shout out to Cooper Cup, who you know, I, I I've interviewed a few times because uh, uh, this might shock you, but when I was in Spokane, people were kind of obsessed with him. Um, I would imagine we did a whole special imagine. after the Rams won the Super Bowl the next day, half yes, hour yes. special. It's like all the, right, the legend of Cooper Cup. It pretty much, yeah, that's what it was. Like that, that is really what it was. Um, but I'll give him this. He changed his number back to his Eastern Washington number, and I have no idea how, but I somehow landed a one-on-one interview with him about it, which was super cool. So shout out to Cooper. Nice. Nice. Um, anyways, aside from Cooper Cup, who is awesome. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that's, uh, you know, super intriguing about these games to me other than just can you come out and get it done and not have any sort of dramatics with it because – I have seen too many of these games at Wazoo, things like that, turn into way too intensive games. And in some situations, turn into losses. I mean, even Wazoo played Portland State um, a few years back. And that game, they won. But, like, it was kind of, like, too stressful. It was like, why is why is this Portland State team kind of close to you in the third quarter? Like, what's going on? So, um, so yeah, I just just want to see both these teams take care of business and and, and no dramatics. Uh, that would that would be great. So, so this will be our first look at DJ Uyunglele. Yes, that you, you got it. Was that good? You you I did, did great. Score Heisman. You, you Heisman did better than some was, people I heard that. last week on the air. <laughs> I'm not going to name names. Continue. It's tough. It's tough. You have to practice it. No, it's not. Um, it's not so tough. What, what you get, well, you just I, say it like five times you and you're pra- good. Yeah, you have, to, you have to practice it. And it just yeah. becomes, you know, like remembering lyrics in a yes. song. It just comes, it just rolls off your exactly. tongue. All right. So what are you expecting from, from him? What are you expecting to see from him week one and the season? 
I think the 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 big thing about DJ is that you know it's it's kind of well known. He's like a great. He's kind of always had the the reputation of being a great camp quarterback. Like he crushes fall camp, and then he gets into games, and it's not as smooth. So I just want to see him be able to be in charge of this offense. Of course, there's going to be a few hiccups. You know, you you have to understand that. But I, I think that um, I just want to see someone who's in command of the offense and, and really has it down. Uh, you know, there's there's going to be a silly mistake or two that Clemson fans are going to be like, oh, my God. Like, you know, because I mean, gosh, the spring game. Woo. My mentions were Clemson heavy, to say the least. Uh, but <laughs> it was it was interesting out there. Um, it's like, I'm, I'm staying out all this. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like to, I just like to see someone who's in control of the offense for the most part. What about you? Look, I don't understand the hate. Some programs get all full of themselves when they have guys like Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. And then someone else comes along. They're not quite as good. And so they get dumped on. But if he gives Oregon, excuse me. Yeah. If he gives Oregon state, what he gave Clemson last year, which was 3,000 total yards and 29 touchdowns, that would be the best season by a quarterback at Oregon State in how long? A long, 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 long time? Yeah, I I, I mean, I, I can't off the top of my head. We got to go back to Mannion maybe? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. so and Mannion wasn't the, the, the runner, the rusher that uh, DJ is. So that, that to me right there is the floor. There's no way he's not going to do at least that. In the Pac-12, which we all know has some defensive issues at times, especially dealing with, you know, good quarterback play. Jonathan Smith is a good former quarterback himself and a good quarterback coach. I think he'll get the most out of them. So I'm saying that we might see 4,000 total yards and 39 touchdowns from him for Oregon State. Because I think he's going to rush for a lot of yards at 6'4", or whatever he is. He's, he's, he's going to be able to, to get some yards in this conference. And he's going to throw for more yards. Because he, he, uh, he had a... Two games, got one game, he was 8 for 29. That's probably when they <laughs> decided they were done with him. But he had a game of 29 yards and 5 yards. So, sorry, wait, I'm looking this wrong. 99 yards and 10 yards. Um, you know, so those kind of games aren't going to happen here. So I'm thinking he's going to get 3,000 yards passing and about 800 yards rushing, close to that, and about 35 touchdowns. And I'd like to see him get off to a great start against San Jose State, which is a team that he should be able to light up. And if he gives them that type of production or something close to it, woo, watch out for the Beavers. They're going to be pretty damn good. Honestly, we might be having the fall of the Uyunglele brothers because great reports out of Oregon fall camp on younger brother Mateo. I mean, he is getting shouted out all over the place. I would be very surprised if he redshirted this year. So, um, We'll see how that They goes. need pass rush help. He can get after the quarterback, right? Yeah. Yeah, he can. That's something he does well, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, need I'm excited to see what both those brothers do. All right. Yeah. So the, the only other thing I'm looking for in the Oregon game is uh, I want to see Ty Thompson in the third quarter, and I want them to, to run the playbook. Don't give them simple little things and screens and hitches and a couple of slants. I was so against UW last year. Yeah, let the goal. Yeah, they, see that, okay, so that's my point. So you demonstrated last year that you had zero trust in the guy because you ran the ball four straight times and you didn't even attempt to throw, you know, 
a simple pass on that series to get to get a key first down. So you, you have to figure out, and I'm, I know they're doing it in practice, but I just want to see it in the game. If if he can be relied upon, if something happens to Bonet, if you have to start him or bring him in to to uh, play in a game that's that's tight, can he make plays or not? As of right now, I would say no because we've seen zero evidence that he can and zero trust in him by Mario or by Lanning. So you know this is a game you you should win by fifty. Uh, Bo should be out after a couple drives in the third quarter. Let Ty go in there and play football, not. Keep it simple, and we're being nice to Portland State. No, I want to see him throw downfield. I want to see him rolling out. I want to see him pretending like he has to win the game, so we can see some that there's evidence of development from Ty Thompson because this is his third year, and if he doesn't show it this year, I mean, I'm already saying right now they're going to go get another transfer. That's like a given. I don't even care what. Yeah, I know that is definitely get another transfer, right? So, but are they going to get another transfer? Because they absolutely have to have one like they did with Bo when they absolutely had to have one. Or because they just want some competition, but they think Ty could be the guy. And the only way, way they're ever going to believe that is if they let them cut loose a little bit in some of these blowouts. And they need to start that on Saturday. So, I don't, that's what I want to see. I don't hate it. That's uh, It's, it's an it? interesting take. It's not something I would have necessarily thought of. But it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, they've, they've got to they've figure it out. And the only way to figure that out is you're right. Get him in game situation. Live action. Don't Live action. Off. All right. So we're done with this weekend. Should be two big wins for the Oregon schools. If not, then just major trouble. We've got. <laughs> well, then we've got stuff to talk it, about right? on Monday. Exactly. So uh, let's look. Let's look at the season. Uh, let's start with Oregon State. Uh, what are you most positive about? with this team this season and it's chance let's, let's put it in the, in the in the frame of framework of winning the conference like what do you what, what's the most positive aspect of this team that you think gives them a chance to actually win the conference their offensive line their yeah. offensive line is incredible this year stacked it's stacked and that means that damian martinez is going to run like a bat out of hell <laughs> Ooh. and <laughs> well the bats when they get out of hell are pretty fast yeah, they, they allegedly. <laughs> I've never been, but um. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, so, uh, and that you're gonna buy DJ so much time to make decisions, which is huge, huge, huge. Uh, I know it's not necessarily the sexiest pick of all time, but I love me a good offensive line, and I mean that's one of the reasons why Bo had the season that he had last year at Oregon. He had a great O line. You know, five was, sacks all year. He was able to, he he was able to buy time and make decisions, and I and think things through slowly, and you know have a thought process. And I think that really, really, really helped him. I don't think I, I think I know oh, it absolutely. really helped him. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about the O line over there. Uh, so Martinez last year nine eighty two on just one hundred and sixty one carry six point one per carry. Ooh, he's fun. seven per carry this year. Now he'll get more carries this year, so that, that average will probably come down, but the overall production will go up. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, for DJ to walk into a situation where he's not going to be expected to carry the offense at all, because the running game is going to be money. And then, yeah. like you said, he's going to have all the time in the world. They're going to be able to do play action, and that kid on play action is going to be scary. He's so big. He's you know he's a poor man's Cam Newton. Just call it what it is at that size. Linebackers don't want to tackle him. Linebackers do not want to see 
quarterbacks bigger than them <laughs> running like that. No. So they're going to be able to play off that running game with this kid um, because of that offensive line. And that was the thing last year with Bo. The question, you know, coming into the season with Bo was he wasn't that great at Auburn. What are we going to see from Bo Nix? And I talked a lot about going into that season how the one thing you knew you had was the offensive line was going to be money. And so that was going to help Bo's development within the system. They had some transfer running backs come in. Obviously, that helped them. So Oregon State has the same thing going, and they can see the same type of impact from DJ that Oregon got from Bo. And if that happens, Beaver's got a chance to win this conference because their defense is also really good. So I'm excited for that, that whole that whole mixture on offense and what they're going to be able to do starting with the offensive line, uh, just like you just said. So let's move to Oregon. What are you most uh, intrigued by or excited by in terms of maybe giving that team a chance to win the conference? Mm-hmm. I, okay well all right are we are, are like i guess i should i guess i should ask this before we before we go into this do you want me to talk about a position group or a player in particular are we gonna whatever, talk- whatever what whatever comes to mind you're most the thing that makes you say wow that's gonna be pretty special for that squad and therefore give them a chance to maybe win the conference um I'm real excited you got about nothing. their wide receiver core. I know that's like kind of a dark horse pick, but I, I hear you. I think I think they might be pretty special. In particular, I am really excited about Tez Martin. Tez, Tez, um, Tez Johnson. Tez Wait. Johnson. Sorry, I don't know where Martin. Came yeah, from. sorry. Excuse I was like, me, my bad. Yeah. Um, Tez Johnson. I think I used to cover someone named. Used to cover someone named Ted. Yeah, I did that all the time. Um, <laughs> okay, so you're too young. You're too young to be doing that, but I do it all the time. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Tez was the star of Oregon Media Day, and I know that means nothing, but Tez gave the best interview by far at Oregon Media really? Day. I was blown yeah. away by him. Um, okay, you know, he was talking about how like. He was the kid in school that was, you know, obsessed with Oregon in the South when nobody else was doing that. And how he walked in when he got adopted by the Knicks, he walked into the house in an Oregon sweatshirt. Like, (laughs) this is his dream. And, uh, you know, the touchdown he had, I know it was, you know, in the third quarter of the spring game, but it was awesome. It was explosive. (laughs) It was I mean, it was like, okay, all right, all right. I see where everybody's coming from now. I get it. Like, you know, it's just, it was just a normal, like, 10-yard pass maybe, and he took that thing all the way to the house. He said when he when he scores his first, you know, official touchdown in Austin Stadium, he, think, he thinks he's going to cry. Like, Aww. yeah. And, I mean, he's going to be catching it from Bo, too. That's super cool. Um, but beyond, you know, all, like, the emotional stuff, like, gosh, players would not stop shut up about him during media day and how incredible he's been you know and how how incredibly fast and how he's difficult to you know defend and and all that sort of stuff um you know you get another year of troy franklin who you know is is only going to get better i would assume got a few other transfer wide receivers in the mix i'm i'm excited to see um what they could do i think that they have you 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 got chris hudson back you know I, i I think you. I think there might be something special brewing there. So, I am hopeful um, for that position group because you know, obviously, Bo is going to going to need them. Um, what have you have you heard a lot about Trayshawn? Is he doing well, Holden? 
the transfer from uh, Alabama? Um, I haven't heard a ton about him, but I, I mean, that's another guy who, you know, him. They haven't put out a, they haven't put out a depth chart, right? They put out some positional chart thing. I don't think, right? they, no, they have not put out a depth, depth chart. Wait. Okay. I'm with you. So actually on, on talking ducks this week, we, we kind of did a topic like this and I, I picked Tez as well. And one of the reasons you talked about it a little bit is that ability to take short passes and turn them into chunk plays, explosive play, plays. Some, yeah. this, that's what we saw. Yeah, so yeah, that's what we saw from DMP Thomas back in the day. That's what we saw from Charles Nelson. Um, guys who, yeah, they get the ball in open space. Everyone on defense is wetting themselves because they can take it the distance. And so he gives you that. Now, last year, like Hudson, you know, was a good slot receiver, but he didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. He didn't score one touchdown. He averaged 10 yards per carry. You're looking at someone like Tez who averaged 15.4 yards. Sorry, per catch, not carry. <laughs> 15.4. So obviously, where, I knew what you were trying to say. You knew where I was going. Um, so, you know, for for me, that ele- adding that element to the office, we know he can go, you know, you know, you have the big target in Ferguson, the tight end. You know, you can go downtown to Franklin. And, you know, I, I always like to bring up old school things, but some of the stuff, some of the, some of the deep off play action or not, the deep stuff down the middle to Franklin just reminded me of Brad shot a swan. There was a couple of plays when way Franklin would go up and get it, like when swan used to, or even just Montana to rice, like just gorgeous down the field plays are just football perfection. But sometimes you just, you need that guy. You throw him a flat route, you throw him a slant, you throw him a hitch over the middle and he turns and guys on defense are breaking down like, Oh Lord. <laughs> and he jukes one guy and hits and just gets a crease and out. And that's what Nelson gave him, and the Ducks, and that's what uh, DeAnthony gave them when he played. And if he gives them that, woo, he takes the offense to a different level. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he brings to this team. Well, and, you know, another thing that's nice is that you, you know that Bo and Tez have that chemistry already. No need to develop that. That's been developing right, for right. years and years and years. So there's right. there's no issue there. They they already know where the other is, is going. So uh, that's – that's really exciting as well. It was interesting talking to Troy at media day. Cause I was like, did you expect to have the season you had last year? He was like, no. <laughs> I was like, did you know when you sat here during media day last year that, that you were going to be the, the guy this year? And he's like, not at all. Like, <laughs> I was like, I appreciate the honesty, man. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully. Well, that was a huge deal. We were all waiting, you know, we were all waiting last year. Who's going to re- emerge at wide receiver? You know, Johnny yeah. Johnson's gone. Who, who's going to step up and be, and be the guy. And, uh, he, he did. And he's one of the more spectacular receivers they've had in, in a while. Um, one thing that's going to be really fun to see, you talk about the connection between Tez and Bo, you know, Tez is in that slot. You know, that slot has to be on alert for blitzes off the edge, especially. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, when teams do try and blitz off the edge, the synergy between Tez and Bo in terms of Bo recognizing it, Tez recognizing it, getting rid of the ball really quickly to him in rhythm and in stride so that he catches it on the move. And then that's when big explosive plays can happen. All right, let's get negative. Is there anything you're concerned about with the Beavers that could hold them back? I don't know if I have anything to be honest with you. I know, isn't that crazy? It's like, do they have a weakness? I'm missing. I mean, the defense is a little bit inexperienced compared to years past. They, they lost some, right? 
but they're still supposed to be pretty good over there. Yeah. It's not a heavy concern. So that would probably be the only thing if they lost some key guys. Yeah. But, you know. I'm trying to think. I mean, I think, pretty, I think the corner, I think the corner position might is going to have some new guys this year, which that's always a little, you know, you never know what you're going to get there, sort yeah. of thing. Right. <laughs> um. So yeah, maybe 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 corners, but other than that, I mean, I yeah, they, they're they're a really solid team. They're a solid team. Are they like, you know, USC stars all over the field, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not them. But that's not what they want to be. That's not what they'll ever be because that's just what it is, you know. <laughs> um, so they're a really, really, you know, really solid, solid team. And, you know, we'll see if uh, we'll I, – I mean, you know, I, I really do think, like, their biggest concern right now is just making sure that DJ – has everything locked down that and that his confidence is is back after you know getting it kind of beaten down at clemson but just watching interviews it does seem like he's he's good now you know anybody can say anything in an interview look any way in an interview so i'm kind of you know i take that with a grain of salt but um yeah i mean i think the the biggest question mark right now is you know is is dj going to be as um advertised because and you know, I I don't know. I'm not going to base a lot on, you know, we've, we've talked about this. Don't base anything off of a spring game. Okay. Uh, it, but you know, I know DJ, he didn't have a very good spring game. Now, apparently he had two fantastic scrimmages. So uh, in fall camp. So it looks like that's out of the way, but yeah, that, that's, I mean, yeah, the, the, the biggest quote unquote question mark to me is the quarterback, but I'm not sure if it's a, uh, a concern at this point gotcha so i'm looking up some stuff here so they lost five of their top seven tackers from last season yeah but you know like we said they, they it sort of feels like they just got guys who are ready to step in and sort of fill that void so it's not going to be a huge deal they did only generate 20 sacks last year which for that's which is going to be my big concern for oregon i'm going to harp on that until that changes because last year i think they only had like 16 sacks or something like that so, you, you know, if, if you're breaking in some new starters in, in a secondary, like you say, and your pass rush is mediocre, that can open you, that can expose you, especially in, the, in a QB um, heavy conference, which this one's going to be. So I guess those would be the things I just, I just feel like they're going to be able to fix those issues. Um, and that, you know, when you, when you have a really good run game, that helps your defense, obviously, because you can keep the defense off the field and being able to do so. And also put up points. It's going to give the defense time to sort of, you know, get itself right. So that would be the only concern. But I just, it's not a huge one for me. I just feel confident that they're going to, they're going to be okay. Yeah. All right, Oregon. <laughs> you, as I said. Yeah, I was like, you. Would you as like I to just said. Just look. They lost some cats, we know, but and they, they gained. They brought in Jordan Birch, and you know, Mateo. They need him to be an instant impact freshman, not 15, 20 sacks or anything crazy like that. But, you know, apply some pressure, maybe get four or five, even six sacks. Um, but they, they have to get to the quarterback. And so last year, who's calling me? My big thing last year was uh, that it was obvious the defense was mediocre. Like, it was just obvious, right? And so the, the end of the schedule was going to be the toughest. And so I was like, losses are coming. 
because this defense just isn't good enough to get through Washington, Utah, and Oregon State. It just wasn't unscathed. It was just, there was no way. And two losses came. Now, Bo Nix got hurt against Washington. We know that. But regardless, they couldn't stop Washington. <laughs> You know, if your defense could have stopped them, you're going to win regardless of what happened with Bo Nix. And then, of course, Oregon State, they melted down, although the, the fumbled punt hurt more than anything. But still, the defense got run right through in the 31, <laughs> blowing a 31-10 lead, on, you know, on exactly. So the defense has to step up and they have to get the pass rush going. So that's going to be my thing all season because when they get to Washington and then Utah and then, heaven forbid, USC comes to town and Oregon State, they're going to lose at least two, if not three, of those four in the defense isn't right and the defense is not going to be right if the pass rushes are there so that's my thing for them i'm gonna bark on that all year i'm gonna be a broken record until i see evidence that the pass rush is going to at least be solid that makes sense i mean yeah i was uh was watching that holiday bowl last year and i just was (laughs) oh i'm so tired of this defense right now (laughs) like what is happening on this defense right now you know um, all reports out of camp say that we're in year two. We feel much better about, you know, the players are like, I mean, you do have to remember this. Those, a lot of those players last year was like their fourth defensive coordinator since they've been there. It's crazy. That's crazy. So their fourth, third or fourth. Yeah. Levitt, DeRuiter, and then, uh, what's his face? Tosh. So three, right? Three. Was there another one? Okay, three. There might have yeah. been another one. I don't remember. I'm I'm just thinking back to But but three is a lot. It's, a lot. <laughs> so, it's not like it changes changes yeah. much. Yeah. Um, so you know, they've they've been through a lot having to reeler defenses, reeler defenses, reeler defenses, and you know, that's that's a lot. Um, so I will give them that. Uh however, that defense should not have looked the way that it looked last year by the end. Uh, it was, it got worse as the season went on somehow, it felt like. Um, Sorry, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be Levitt. It would have been, uh, Levitt was long gone. It would have been, what's his face? Um, my God. The head coach now at Boise State. This, Why am I blanking? This, this is going to bother you now, isn't it? Oh my God. Andy Avalos. Yeah, Andy Avalos, yeah. He came after Levitt. So then, and then he left and he was replaced by DeRuiter, I'm pretty sure, wasn't he? So anyway, regardless. I was not covering the team back then, so I don't, I don't have like that encyclopedic then, knowledge as much, but. There might have been some kids who play actually were redshirt freshmen on their eleven. So anyway, it might have been four. Anyway, regardless, a lot. Continue. My bad. There's been a lot of things (laughs) have changed, but somehow the defense looked worse at the end last year than better, which I don't understand how that happens. Um, So yeah, I mean, I I just defense has got to be just as a whole. They, I, I need to see some more cohesion this year, and I, I need to see. You know, there was there was some questionable. You know, I mean, the fact that that Tosh couldn't recognize last year that Oregon State was running through their team like a sieve and literally just handing the ball off because let's be frank, the quarterback play was not exactly their strength at the end of the season last year. You know, there's there's now a, there's now a battle for the number two job there between Gold Branson and Aiden Childs, who's a true freshman. So there you go. Um, and the fact that he couldn't realize that and fix it, especially with, by the way, a head coach who was a defensive minded person, that was a little, that was concerning. That was very concerning to me. 
So, uh, you know, all reports out of fall camp is we're in year two. We feel a lot better in this defense. We understand it more. We're just way more solid. All that stuff. Everybody seems good. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you that there's just there, – there was a lot left to be desired last year with that Oregon defense. And uh, I hope I am desiring less this season. <laughs> okay. Let's first do our predictions for each team, record predictions, and then our uh, Pac-12 championship predictions. And if it includes one of our teams in the state, then you can include that, obviously. You go first. Um, well, here's my here's my spicy my spicy prediction for Oregon State. Okay. I think they go into that game against UW ten and zero. They have a really favorable schedule this year. I was just about to call that bad boy out. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're at San Jose State, UC Davis at home, San Diego State at home, Wazoo at Martin Stadium. That might actually be a really interesting game. Um, Utah at Reeser on a Friday. Uh, Cal at Cal. UCLA at home. At Arizona. At Colorado. Stanford at home. And then you have UW at Reeser. And then Oregon after that? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean. I so, UCLA at home. UCLA, Utah at Washington State is always dicey for whatever reason. It, um, as somebody who covered the Cougs, yes. Yes. And then I would, I would, uh, I mean, Arizona at no, home. I'm not a believer uh, in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I see three. Three clear losable games, um, but two are at home. Yeah, I don't see them get the ten. I see them. I see, I, I'm gonna go the nine. I'm gonna go nine. I'm gonna go nine. Yeah, that's fair. Um, drop one. But anyway, so then what do you have for those last two games? Oh, coin tosses. <laughs> And they drop so split. So you're saying eleven one? Are you saying a split eleven one? Is that no, what you're I'm, saying? I'm saying they drop the last two. Oh, so ten and two. Ten and two. Okay. So then the only way they could get into the conference title game is if that 10-2 leads them a full game ahead of both Washington and Oregon. Yeah. Because they would, they would not have the tiebreaker, which is, you know, it's possible. It's possible. Okay. So my Oregon State prediction, I think I just kind of said it. I'm going to have them – I'm going to go ahead and roll with 9-1 and one going into those final two. Okay. Uh, or – are they home, Washington? Yes. Okay, home, Washington. At Oregon. Right now, I got them dropping both. So I got them nine and three. Similar. Similar. I think I got them nine and three. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I could totally. Yeah, you're, you're, you're. This, this is a spicy, bold prediction by me that they're ten and zero. I know that that is. Uh, no, hey, it's possible. That's yeah. possible. Okay, so Oregon. Okay. I'm just, you know, surveying this schedule. They absolutely should be 5-0 and going into that UW game. Can't wait for that game. Yeah. I hope, I hope, the, I hope that isn't like an 8 p.m. kick, because if it isn't, um, I'm, go, I'm going to that game. Um, <laughs> we'll be making that trek. Um, God. Thank God for them. Wazoo is at at Eugene, because as you said, for whatever reason, at Wazoo is always an experience for them. 
Um, oh, that Utah game is in Salt Lake City. I, that's a loss to me. Uh, <laughs> Cal, USC. Man, I'm kind of thinking nine and three as well. That's where I am. So I have I have five losables. As of right now, that could change. Texas Tech, Washington, Utah, USC, Oregon State. I'm picking. I'm saying Texas Tech is losable just because we're really going to find out about the defense in that game. And Tyler Shuck's going to be on a, on a mission to get revenge, probably against Oregon. Yes. So I would. I, I consider that game going against a, a motivated quarterback with some good receivers. Oh. That's definitely a losable contest. But I'm leaning towards them winning that one. Washington at Washington to me is a loss. At Utah, assuming Rising will be healthy, is a loss. Then they split the final two with USC and Oregon State. Right now, I have them losing to USC. Beating Oregon State, which I just said in my Oregon State prediction that I have them losing at Oregon, so I have them at nine and three. Yep, that's exactly how I how I broke it down too. I said lost now, uh, lost USC, lost. Uh, now, USC. if the defense, if if the defense is like, oh, they they shut down Texas Tech, you know, they they deal with Colorado and Stanford as they should, but they they do it so in a dominating fashion. We're like, wow, this defense looks really good. Then maybe I shift one game to ten and two because then I think they can pull off one of these other games and avoid an upset. By the way, because those things always pop up. Uh, yeah. But so I reserve the right to shift if the defense does get better. You reserve the right. I always reserve the right. <laughs> yes, you so, do, Aaron. It's so hard. It's so hard to know with college kids what you're going to get till you get accepted. You know what I mean? It's just like I don't know. Things get. I remember the 2019 season. You know, they went into that season, and we were winning about the offense, and the defense was supposed to at least be solid. Next thing we know, the defense was allowing like 15 points a game. And they went in the USC. and I, I picked USC to beat them that year, and they went in the USC and just smacked them around. And I'm like, whoa, this defense is legit. So I just changed everything. But then they went and choked at Arizona State. So anyway. But anyway, um, so, yeah, so that's why I'm at 9-3. and three. So if we both have – we have them both at 9-3. and three. We're not – are we – do one of us have either of them going to the conference championship game? Or are we saying they both miss? I'm thinking you just right now you cannot. And who knows? You know, we got to see how Cam Rising looks. Like that's that's just such a huge question for Utah. But right now, you just can't pick against Utah. <laughs> they've okay. They've. They've just done it every year. They just think, I don't know how, but they do it every year. And then USC is USC. So, you know, I'm, I don't know, but you could all, I could also see you dub getting in there as well. Yeah. I think it's, um, but boy, would I love to see the fairy tale of seeing OSU get in it. Just, just, just rooting for, for that, for, you know, pack 12 reasons. Um, absolutely. I would, I, I would really love to see that. Uh, but you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm trying to head out. Do I want to pick, <laughs> do I want to put Utah or UW in there? That's the, that's the question. Hmm. I think I'll go UW for right now. Okay. I'll go USC UW. All right. So I'm hoping pulling for an Oregon State. Oregon game that has title game birth on the line for both. That would be great. That'd be amazing. Um, but right now, I don't see that happening. I've got UW and USC 
in the championship game. And I'm feeling me some Huskies, man. You know, I, I just, Penix just has a freaking rocket. He's got some good receivers. The defense should be solid. I just, I've got UW and USC in the championship game, and right now I got UW winning it. I don't know why, but that's just my that's just my gut on this thing. So, you know, Husky fans cannot call me a duck homer this year. <laughs> See, we don't hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pick either, but I. I think. For whatever reason with USC, I feel like they're always so close to pulling it off and they just don't do it for whatever reason the last however many years. So I I, I like, I like picking UW as well, which it's tough on my, that's tough on 10 year old Brenna's soul, but you know, (laughs) sorry, 10 year old Brenna, you gotta go, you gotta go with what's right. So, ten-year-old Brenna Soul, the Brenna that went to, the Brenna that went to Gonzaga, the Brenna who covered WSU. But here we are. So, yeah. <laughs> have, before we move on to soccer, have we talked about Bodacious yet? I'm not sure. Did we talk about that last know. week? I don't think. I don't think we did. Last week it. feels like a, a a lifetime ago. So did we even have a podcast last week? We did. We did. It was on. It wasn't it on Monday? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we talked about Lillard's album. Yep. It was on a Monday. And oh, that's uh, right. That's right. That's why and, it seems like more than a week ago. And Thursday. the last okay. time we talked, oh, yeah. the Timbers had a different head coach. So there you go. That's right. Okay, so we that's right. We talked about Pippin Jordan wedding coming up. Okay, so let, let's talk about that real quick. What do you think about the bodacious billboards? I feel like we did talk about it. Did we? I don't see it on the rundown. Oh, do you, do you have do you have last week's rundown? Wait a minute. Dude, I'm, okay, I have an excuse. You have no excuse. I have no excuse to not remember. You're too young. It was over. over I don't. It's not in the rundown. We had what? We had what's next for Oregon State? Yeah, we didn't talk about it. Okay. Wow. So give me your feelings. Give me your feelings on it. I love it. But what does it mean? Like, my only problem with this is that I think it's cool. Um. I just don't think it means anything. Like, I don't, people are, oh, it's going to be great for recruiting. I just don't believe there's a kid out there that's going to go to Oregon because of the, of the bodacious billboard posters. Like, I just don't buy that because they're not going to get yeah, one. This shows what you'll do for your athletes. Well, not, they've only done this twice. You know, Joey 22 years ago and now this. So there's been other billboards here and there, but not anything like this. So you're obviously not going to do this with anybody. If, if you're ever going to do it, it's going to be for, you know, someone who might be an outsider, you know, front-running Heisman candidate. But they didn't do it for Herbert. They didn't do it for LeMichael. They didn't do it for Marcus. They didn't do it for Kayvon. You know, so you, I don't think you can promise or say, hey, look what we did to other kids. They're going to care about that. And I also think cares. I think kids would rather the, you give them the money that you would have spent <laughs> on the billboard than the billboard, although it is good for exposure. So I think it's one of those things that's like, it's cute, it's fun, it's cool. I love the bodacious. I thought that, that's great. 
Um, I don't think it's going to give him any Heisman votes. He's got to perform. And I don't necessarily believe it's going to tip the scales in recruiting because if this was something that did do that, then the superpowers would be doing it too. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think that, um, I think probably the reason why I like it the most is because of the callback to when I was, you know, a young Oregon fan and seeing Joey Harrington in Times Square. So it like, it piques that little, you know, little, little part of me that, you know, remembers those days. Um, right. And see, and that, that was impactful. That was like, whoa. Yeah. That was a big deal. Cause that was before, that was right when Oregon was starting. Mm-hmm. That to me, the Joey years, two thousand two thousand one, at the time, those are the two greatest seasons in program history. The two biggest wins in history: the Texas Holiday Bowl win, and then the win over Colorado in the Fiesta Bowl. And so that was right at the beginning of that. And so to have Joey Harrington from Oregon, three thousand miles away in Manhattan, with Joey Heisman, amazing. And then he finished fourth, you know, in the Heisman win. Now we're you know seven conference championships later, an actual Heisman winner later. You know, counting Joey three first round picks at quarterback later, and now it's just oh they're doing it again and it's kind of cool. But in this day and age, I don't think it's going to have nearly the impact that it had back then. That's just me. That loss to Stanford still remains one of my most traumatic <sighs> experiences. Um, so I'll never, I'll never forget walking out of Austin that day. I mean, it was just like it was like someone had died. It was silent. I've never heard that many people be that quiet. Um, and I remember I yelled. I was like, you know, 10 or 11. I don't know. And I yelled and I was like, I hate that dancing tree. <laughs> <laughs> there I was, complete silence. You wanted to chop it down, didn't you? Ah! I was so upset, just devastated. Um, anyways, my first, my, that was that was really my first, like, moment of devastation as a sport well no never mind my first moment of devastation was when the blazers lost in the western conference finals game seven to the lakers that was it uh oh 2000 yeah that was horrible i got i got an education very quickly (laughs) um but yeah anyways i yes the reason why i like it is because of the fact that it you know speaks to that part of my soul it I I agree with you. I don't think it's going to do anything for recruiting. I don't think it's going to do anything for um, Heisman votes. That's that's an illogical idea, especially in today's day and age when you can watch any game you want at any time. Back then, right. that was not the case. You could not watch right. every single Oregon football game on TV. I mean, I remember when Kellen Clemens injured his ankle at Arizona, and there wasn't a game. There wasn't a game broadcast of that. I was listening to it on the radio and I cried. Anyways, so um my parents my parents were at a Christmas party and I called the Christmas party in tears. (laughs) Kellen Clemens got hurt. Bawling. My dad's like what are you doing? That's like it's gonna be okay, Brent. I'm like, I hate the grass field in Arizona. I was at that game. It was pretty depressing. I bet it was. Kellen, Kellen was a good kid and fun to cover. Speaking of somebody who could have been a Heisman candidate, if he would have yeah, kept part of that, that year, 
He would have been. He might have. He might have gotten to New York. He definitely would have been in the top ten. I remember prior to that season, I predicted he would be a top ten, and people covering the team thought I was yeah. so I was yeah. drunk. I'm like, dude, he's, he's, he's like crazy the forgotten numbers. good quarterback of Oregon, by the way. Right, because that was the first season of the spread, and he ran it masterfully. Yes, and and they they ended up ten and one in the regular season. Their only loss was the SC. They were ranked fifth in the nation going into the Holiday Bowl. He stays healthy. They win the Holiday Bowl, no doubt in my mind. Uh, they oh, yeah. win that game. They lost 17-14 with a, with a mashup at quarterback. And so now you're finishing in the top five. And then if he's, like, if he's, healthy, if he's healthy, putting up the numbers he was putting up in the top five team, how's he not a Heisman candidate? Maybe he doesn't get invited to New York. I don't remember the, the field then, but he's, he's sixth, seventh, or eighth. He's right in that, in that mix. But, yeah. Um, this okay. has been your so, Kellen Clemens Minute brought to you by Brenna and Aaron. <laughs> we must defend Kellen Clemens' honor. Um <laughs> Who, by the way, incredible NFL career. Shout out to that dude. He made so much money and did not have to take like any sacks compared to anybody else. <laughs> awesome work. That's the career <clears throat> I want. If you're if you're gonna not start, I mean, he started like for a minute and it didn't work out, and then they brought in Favre. Actually, the Jets did. If you're gonna not start in the NFL. But be, you know the best thing you can do as a quarterback is to just hang around as a good quality backup and make good money for as long as possible. You're not going to get beat up. You're making great money. You're setting yourself up for life, and that that NFL minimum goes up. You know every year you're there and you're a quarterback, so you're going to get a nice little chunk. So yeah, I agree with you 100. percent He put together he put together a nice career. It was crazy. He was just always around, killing Clemens, back up somewhere. Not bad for a kid from Burns, Oregon. Um. Feely Feely kind of did the same thing. Yeah. AJ Feely did the same thing. All right, real quick. um, Give us a Thorns Timbers update. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, two squads in completely different places, as we discussed last time. Uh, The last time we had a podcast, as I mentioned, uh, Gio was still the head coach of the Timbers. Uh, later that night, I, you know, you were kind of like, I remember you on the pod being like, yeah, well, they're having a down year. And I was like, yeah, it's a down two years. And I, I remember after that Timbers game at Houston, I looked at my producer and I go, is Gio like, is Gio like kind of maybe like in trouble? Like, is this, is this not like, and he's like, no, no. And I'm like, ah, yeah. well, yeah, he was in trouble. Um, so <laughs> I mean, but I will say this. He signed a contract extension last year before this all. So he has two more seasons fully guaranteed. There was no termination clause in there. So he is, he's making a lot of money to do nothing. So I'll give him that. I mean, if there's one way to work out, and I I will say this just personally, I don't know Gio that well by any means. But as a media member, I have never had a coach come around at the beginning of the season and look everyone in the eye and shake their hands. And he did that Aww. this year. And I thought that was really, really cool. Um, so shout out to Gio for that. I, I don't know him beyond that. I you know can't speak, to, but I thought that said a lot about who he is as a human. So um, yeah, they, the Timbers finally got their, they, not finally, I mean, they're only two games into the, you know, the interim head coach who, you know, by all accounts, I, I don't think Miles Joseph is going to be around after this season. It definitely didn't sound like that in the press conference uh, with the GM. It definitely sounded like they were going to look outside uh, as as most interim coaches, you know, for every uh, every Jake Dickert at Wazoo, there's, uh, you know, a hundred. Um, oh, boy. 
I'm what's who's the guy that was uh, the interim coach at uh, for the Blazers that everybody thought should get hired? Can, can the interim? Caleb Canales. Yeah. Caleb oh, Canales. Yeah, there we go. There's 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 another. We got a lot of deep cut uh, Portland slash you know Pacific Northwest sports scene uh, references in this one today. <laughs> we we're, we're really we're going back in the archives. Um, so uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, they did get a win last night, so that's good. Two to one. Um, meanwhile, uh, the Thorns. They. Uh, I want to make sure I have the terminology on this uh, on this injury correct, so I'm going to pull out my phone here. Um, but you know, Sophia Smith, it could have been a lot worse than what it ended up being. I will say that um, it looks like she had a pretty gnarly injury, potential, like, definitely a knee injury sort of situation. Um, this Saturday, she she did not come back in the game. Thankfully, she has only sustained a mild MCL sprain and is week to week. So hopefully she will be back at some point this season because the Thorns season goes if they make the uh, if they make the championship game all that sort of stuff it goes all the way until November this year yeah buddy thanks World Cup um so long season uh so yeah they uh, they managed to tie the team that they were playing even without Sophia in. Um, for that, for the majority of the game, because the injury happened in the first half, um, so that was good to see. You know, I think I think maybe you know the World Cup kind of actually helped them in that situation because they got used to having to play without Sophia, so they knew that they had people in the wings like Hannah Bedford, who I shouted out on this podcast last time, um, who could come in and you know handle that load. So um, that is that was, you know, good to see at least, you know, I, and they, they were playing a very good Washington team on the road and they were able to tie with them. So that is, that is good. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just as I said, two teams that are in completely different places right now, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's really interesting to, to see and, and watch. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go. But I know the Thorns still have, or the Timbers still have dreams of making the postseason playoffs, and I think dreams is the correct word. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just don't see that happening right now. But you know, at least they got a win last night. That's three points that they desperately needed. Uh, right. But I mean, let's see here. I'm looking up the standings right now. They're still in twelfth. They're still in twelfth, and they are four points out of the playoffs, which isn't. You know, insurmountable. Insurmountable, yeah. But it's just, I don't know. The the vibes have not been great, you know, like around that team. I mean, you know, they, they have two losses. They Before last night, they, after they came back from their League's Cup break, had two losses, two MLS losses. God, before that, well, okay, they they did have a win in Columbus. Um, before that, that was you know the last time they played in an MLS game before two weekends ago was um, July fifteenth because of how everything worked out with the Leafs Cup. But um, yeah, it's just it's the same story of two teams that are just in diametrically opposed places right now, and uh, 
that's too bad to see in a place like Portland that loves soccer. So, but hey, at least one team is good. Better than having no teams that are good. <laughs> I would ask you questions, but I know that the soccer's not exactly your jam. So yeah, I think I think everyone's better off if we just uh, leave it with your analysis today. Um, <laughs> I respect soccer. I just admittedly am not up on it. So, but that's why you're here. Yeah, it's my job to know a little bit of everything. So here I am. <laughs> I know you have that. Crazy, you have that crazy TV job where you have to be everywhere. <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's shift gear to something a little a little different. Yeah. Your girl, your girl, Taylor Swift, you missed her in concert, but the concert movie is coming in October. Are you, October 13th, are you planning on uh, camping out starting October 10th no. to get your, no? Okay. No. First of all, you I plan to go see it? Go on October 13th because that's a high school football Friday, so. Priorities. That's uh, that's the end of that. Uh, so yeah, the first day I will be able to go to that is a Sunday. Um, but yes, I fully expect to go to that. I should probably just figure out how to buy tickets now. Um, yeah, I'm I'm v excited to see it. It's worth it. Um, I'll pay the you know fifteen bucks or whatever it is instead of paying thousands to go see her. So uh, I think that's a fair trade to say the least. So, yeah. so I'll do it. That's fine. It's good. I told you though, before we got on here, I said, Hey, I've got a, I got a bit of a, a concert predicament. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, the other, I would say the second biggest tour of the summer is Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Wait, I thought, I thought Beyonce was grossing more. No. Is she grossing more? No. I don't know. I've seen different reports. Anyway, they're both kicking ass. Yeah, go ahead. Whatever. The, the, in terms of the thing that is being talked about the most. Yes, definitely. Yes. It, it's it's it, it's Taylor Swift and, and then a golf until Beyonce. Beehive fans don't come for me, but it's the truth. But oh, I still want to see her. I want to see her. Um, Saw a lot of good reviews from her show in San Francisco last night. Had some, had some people there. Had some friends there. Um. Okay, so here is the deal. She is playing in Seattle September 14th. However, she's playing in Vancouver, B.C. September 11th. And if you look at the tickets, they're actually much cheaper in Vancouver, B.C. Why are they so freaking expensive regardless? Jeez. Sorry, I'm looking on the website right now. Hey, I found tickets. I found tickets on the floor for like 280 bucks last night. That doesn't for Beyonce. Yeah. Where? Where? I I found them on like SeatGeek or something like that. Okay, keep keep talking. Yeah. (laughs) So, do you make the trek? This is this is. uh, By the way, you'll enjoy this. This is something Lindsay Shell and I were going back and forth on last night because I think we're if we do this, we're going to do it together. Do you make the trek to Vancouver, BC, and stay overnight in a hotel? Or do you go to Seattle and do it in one night and just call it good and whatever, you know, tough it out? Because 
which one ends up being less expensive. So, anyways, trying to figure that out right now. But I think I think Beyonce. Why would you want to go happen. all the way? Why would you want to go all the way to Canada? It's only five hours. Only. You got to get across the border. You can't have a criminal record. That's going to be a problem for you, right? <laughs> Huge problem. Funny quick story. So in 2008, I was coaching a semi-pro football team, and, and the league let in a team from Canada, which to me was ridiculous because of the whole border situation. So we, we played oh, no. the Canadian team in a championship game. And we told everyone, you got to bring your birth certificates, and you can't have a criminal record. We had three people stopped at the border and turned away. <laughs> like a key lineman, a fullback, and someone else. I was just like, geez, Louise. And one of them was like, I forgot I got a register for something like eight years ago. Shoplifting or something stupid like that. Um, so anyway. So yeah, we lost three. got arrested. He, for, he, he said it was something little and it was that big a deal. And he forgot all about it. They came up. They ran a record check on him. It came up. You can't come in the country. Canada don't play around. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, so that's that's our predicament. Do you think it's it's crazy that we're even entertaining Vancouver? Yeah, there's no way I'm going to Vancouver. How, how much cheaper are the tickets? Like a significant amount, if you want to get on the floor. It, I mean, you know, like I said, with fees, on it the was floor is like eight fifty nine hundred right now. It was like three eighty one. Yeah. Be Lindsay Schnell's and I you know Lindsay Schnell and I's therapist. You know what? You do it. Go on an adventure. So if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna save well on tickets you're gonna save four to five hundred each. And then you're gonna stay up there and come back. It's gonna be a better experience going to the concert and then having a place to stay. True. As opposed to getting out of a concert at whatever time and then driving all the way back to Portland. That's not as good of an experience. You're going to be able to go to go to a concert in Canada, go out, you know, Fair. to a club or whatever and, you know, kick it some more and you're still going to be a high from the concert. Uh, and then you have a place to crash and you get up and you make the drive home. It's going to be longer, but you have so much to talk about and you're going to be better rested for that drive, right? And you save some money on the tickets. Yes, you you got a hotel, but you know that that's me. That that's a good trade off. I, I would do it. And plus, it's experience. Like it's a road trip experience. Going to go overnight. You guys are going to have a ball. Yeah, you guys are going to have a ball. It's something I think. I think ultimately, you both will remember it more fondly if you do the overnight Canadian trip. Okay. All right. Thank you. Pass it for- on the lens. <laughs> thank you uh thank you aaron for your thoughts um i am you know what you've you've made some valid points here i will uh i will raise them to our friend Lindsay schnell so there you have it <laughs> i mean shoot i would actually go to you guys go with you guys to seattle i'm not going to canada <laughs> but if you guys need like a chaperone or something let me know <laughs> <laughs> don't you remember i had chaperone experience from the damian lillard concert you know yeah so. <laughs> yeah there you go you're just trying to build up a little chaperoning resume. I should I should start like a is that a business? Can I be a business? Professional chaperone. Hire me to follow your kids or young adults wherever they're going and make sure they behave and others around them behave. Oh my god, that could be lucrative. 
there's some protective parents out there. Anyway, I'll consider the business plan later. <laughs> All right. That's a great note to end on. Thank you for this, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, Thank I you think for your is. ingenuity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Sports by Northwest podcast, which is supported by the Bitline, excuse me, the BitNile.com Grand Prix of Portland coming September 1, 2, 3. That's this weekend. Yeah. To the Portland International Raceway. We got football this weekend. Next week, we're going to come back and and uh, sort of break down what we saw and what's going to be two big blowouts for Oregon, Oregon State. And there's some other big games this weekend across the country, right? It's going to be some interesting interesting things to talk about. We, we, we haven't examined the nation yet. I'm, I, I want to wait until after non-conference before we even get to the nation. I, I just can't even Agreed. wrap my mind around trying to figure out who the best team in the country is. I see people crying about the preseason AP poll. Just Who cares? Mindless nonsense. It's for entertainment purposes. I used to have an AP yes. poll, and the preseason voting was just like really throwing darts at a wall. And oh. just, oh yeah, fine, I'll put them thirteenth and then eighteenth. Yeah, they return with two left, left tackle and left guard. I'll put them there. Whatever. Uh, so anyway, we'll talk about I that. I vote more, on the college basketball uh, AP poll right now. It's yeah, yeah how's that going? Is like, I mean, <laughs> I had Dayton in my preseason one last year. Dayton didn't even sniff sniff the NCAA tournament. <laughs> That's all I guess for it. All right. We'll be back next week. Take care and have a good weekend.